We all have choices on how we spend our time. God gave us only 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week. How are we using it? Do we give it our best effort? That's what we're going to talk about today on Love God First. Welcome back. I'm very excited today because we are out of chapter one of Genesis and moving on to chapter two. It finally happened. We are really cruising now through Genesis, the journey of Genesis. We're in full swing. We are loving it in Genesis. I hope you are as much as I am. And today we're going to be looking at just a couple of verses because there is a great principle here that is, I think, the key. It's a principle that that is just so important for us as we go forward being disciples of Christ. I'm going to start by praying and then we'll jump into Genesis 2. I'm going to be reading verses 2 to 3. That's it. Just two two whole verses today. <laughs> hey, but at least we're in chapter 2, right? Okay, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that when we open your word, you speak to us. And that was true 500 years ago. It's true today. And so we thank you now for changing our hearts, for transforming the way we think. Lord, for making us disciples that walk in character and who love you with all our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we go. Genesis 2, 2 and 3. And by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Today, verses 2 and 3, work and rest. That's kind of the principle for today, that we're going to be talking about how we work for Jesus and rest with Jesus. We work for Jesus and we rest with Jesus. And you might think, well, yeah, duh, of course. But do you know there are so many things that impact us in how we spend our time? And and time is, it's a finite amount that we have, obviously. And it's so important to be really intentional about how we live. So we're going to be talking about how do I work for Jesus? How do I rest with Jesus? And why do I even want to do those things? And what difference does it make in my life and in the lives of my loved ones and those around me? Let's just unpack this a little bit by defining some words. God completed his work. Well, what is work? The It's the activity, skills, or results of work. It's work as involving skill and benefits. So remember before the fall, before the fall of humanity, there was work. God worked here in creation. And not only that, in Genesis 2.15, it says, then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. Hey, that's a job. And you know, man was always meant to work. The Lord intended for him to have something useful to do and to enjoy it. Work only became a drudgery after the fall. You know, that whole laborious effort, toil, weeds, you know, sweat of your brow stuff, that came later. But at this point, work is a blessing. And in some ways, it still is. It's not like we've lost it completely. Yeah, there's, there's part of it that's not great. But there's still, there can still be sweetness. Now, what is rest? Because it says that God completed his work. He completed it and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. So what's rest? Well, rest is to cease, desist from work. It really just means rest. So God ceased working after six days and rested. And then it's interesting in Exodus 31, 17, it says God was refreshed, which I think is 
kind of interesting. I He doesn't need to sleep or slumber. So I don't know if he was really refreshed. So why would he rest? If he doesn't need sleep, if he doesn't need to rest, why would he be resting? He's a good father. And fathers set examples and model things for their children. And that's exactly what he's doing here. He's modeling for us how to take time to rest after working well, resting well. Now, Deuteronomy 5.15 connects the Sabbath with deliverance from Egypt. I think it's really interesting that when the, when the slaves came out of Egypt, they didn't know how to rest because they had only always worked for seven days for someone else. They didn't know that it was possible to rest. If we don't rest, basically we're saying, well, I'm a slave because guess what? Only slaves work seven days a week. What are you a slave to then? If you're working seven days a week, what are you a slave to? And it's a, it's a good question to ask because I think as Americans, I don't think we, we have a tendency to, to have a trouble working. It's more resting. How do we do that? But you know, working can be a struggle too. There are some beautiful principles about how to work well, how to work for Jesus. So I'm going to talk to you about that. How do we work for Jesus? Well, first we work for him with all of our hearts. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says. And Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So no matter what our work, you know, whether, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a CEO of a company or you're working at Taco Bell or you're a student, just whatever it is, we can be working with the attitude that we're working for Jesus. We're, we're saying thank you in our, in our working. Let me give an example of that. When I was in college, I worked at Costco and I worked in the bakery and, and I would get these evening shifts where I'd have to mop the floor and it was just so disgusting and dirty and I just could not stand that job. So I just decided one night, I was like, I'm going to mop for the glory of God. I mean, I'm going to mop this like Jesus himself is standing there and watching my effort at the end. And I did. And I mopped. And I mean, it was so beautiful of a job. And I tell you, it was, my attitude was so much better because I was doing it for the Lord. I, I was like, I am just mopping, but this is for you, Lord, with all my heart. And it was a precious moment. I realized that that at that moment that I was going to do that the rest of my life, that no matter what I did, I was going to work like he was there with me. Not in a way that was like, I'm watching you. You'd better make sure you do it well, but more in a way that's like, I love you and I'm doing this for you. As believers, don't we want to please the Lord and our attitude with work can do that? Okay, so second, how, how else do we work for Jesus? Well, we can work for delayed gratification and work to the end. So here's a, a, Proverbs, a, a Proverbs verse. It says, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. So notice the soul of the sluggard craves, craves, present tense, happening now, craves, wants, wants something, right? But notice that the diligent is made fat. That's a future tense. So that will happen. So the, the sluggard person, which by the way, sluggard, in the, in the Hebrew, the picture of just the definition of the word sluggard means to lean idly. Like this picture a person leaning against a wall and just sort of taking it all in. That's a sluggard, right? And that sluggard wants it now, but doesn't want to work necessarily for it, but wants it right now. But the diligent person is going to wait for the fruit. They're going to take time to build their skill and experience. And 
you know, the Lord wastes nothing with what he, what we do in our lives. He teaches us things and uses it for our, in our lives, no matter what it is. I'll give you an example of that in my own life. When I was homeschooling my children, there were days, you know, I've got these three children and I'm at home all alone day after day, year after year, working, working, working. And I was just thinking, this is such a small world that I have. It's, there's not going to be anything that I'm going to get from it. It's just these three people I'm sowing into their lives. But do you know what is amazing about the Lord is he used the skills I learned in homeschooling to help me in my current job that I have now. Like the things that I learned there, which I had no idea would impact me for now, that I'm using now, I'm benefiting from that time even though I had no idea that that was even happening. I just thought it was for my kids. I just thought it was this little world. But now, now I have skills and experience that I directly use in my job, which I haven't told you about my job. I'll tell you about it another day because I don't want to get off track. But it's just an interesting thing. The Lord doesn't waste anything. So stay with it. Faithful plus faithful plus faithful equals fruitful. And that's true in every part of our lives, in ministry, in our job, in our families, in our relationships. So just keep going, keep striving with thanks. And then finishing what you start. That's another way we work for Jesus. We finish what we start. Proverbs 12, 27 says, A slothful man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. So that slothful guy, you know, he's going to all that effort. Think about it, to catch his prey, to catch his food. He goes out, he hunts. He has to drag it to camp. He probably has to cut off the fur, hair, gooky stuff, clean it out. And then he gets through all of that. He doesn't roast it. What a waste. So finish what we start. Don't give up. Keep persevering. You're working until you see the fruit. And that can be in coworker relationships. It can be in your own productivity and in your enjoyment. It can be in leading people to Christ or in your own growth as a believer, or in your character, or just in your skill development and your job. Look for the fruit. When I was, one of the things I did in homeschooling, we joined a, a homeschool co-op that taught Latin. And just through the circumstances, I had to teach this one class, and I had to know Latin. And guess what? I didn't know Latin. And I had to be competent enough to be able to explain the things that were being struggled through with this eighth grade class. And I tell you, now I have a master's degree. I have taken statistics and calculus, and I thought I was pretty smart. But let me tell you, Latin is in a whole other category. It was so tough. I wanted to quit. I mean, it was brutally hard. I just felt fear would rise up every time I'd open up my Latin book because I knew I was going to have to go into this world that I didn't understand and do you know what happened? Because I persevered in that and kept working, my discipline in my quiet time with the Lord got better. Now, isn't that interesting? I disciplined myself in Latin, and then my quiet time with the Lord increased. Because this is the cool thing about work. We're not these little compartments. What we do in one area of our lives affects the others. So I found myself being better at just my prayer time and my quiet time with the Lord because I had done Latin and I learned Latin, which is pretty awesome to learn this other language and see it in English now. It's, it's pretty great. I'm still trying to cultivate that. But 
who who would have thought? I mean, I I finished it. I finished the school year well. I finished all the way to the end, and I did it. And I was so proud of myself. It's I have a tendency to quit. You know, things get hard. I'm like, oh, it's too hard. I'm just going to stop. But I couldn't. I couldn't with that. And there was some great fruit. So what's another way we can work for Jesus? How do we do that well? Well, we represent Jesus well by being honest. So here's another Proverbs verse. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. So it's not only a good witness for the Lord, but over time it will actually hurt us if we're not honest in our work. Did you notice that unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity? We're talking destroyed. Honesty is really important, really important. Do you know what the definition of integrity is? It's doing the right thing when no one is looking. And how much is your integrity worth? Can you put a price on it? Like if you saw a $100 bill that dropped out of someone's pocket, would you take it and just be like, yeah, that's good. I'll just take it and I won't say anything. I mean, is your integrity worth $100 or $1,000? How much is it worth? Andy Stanley said, the choices we make privately almost always have consequences that branch out publicly. That is so true. So have integrity in the small things in our jobs. Let's have integrity. And let's not gossip. Let's get along with people. Let's wait for the Lord to promote us instead of walking on people to get to the top. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. So don't do it. The Lord sees how we work. Let's honor him and he'll bless us. Okay, so that's work. Now, I'm 15 minutes into this podcast, and I haven't even talked much about rest yet. So I think what I'm going to do is come back to that on our next podcast, because work is really important, but rest, I think, is even more important, and I want to give it the time that it needs. Where in your life do you think you've kind of slipped into being the sluggard or slothful person? Like, where is there a slip? What are, where are the places that you could tighten up the slack and say, Jesus, I'm going to work for you. Just like God, just like you worked on that sixth day and you worked so well and everything was good. I'm going to work like that too. I'm going to honor you in what I do in my job. I just want to challenge you. Maybe just take one or two areas where you feel like, yeah, I'm kind of slacking off here. I'm not doing my best there to just do it unto the Lord, not in a legalistic way, not in a way that's like, well, God's going to be mad at me if I don't do this, but in a way that says, Lord, I want to bless your heart. I want to give thanks. I want whatever I do in word or deed, I want to do it, Lord, with the happy heart that says, I want to bless you because I love you and I'm yours. And we're in this life together, Lord. And so I'm going to work unto the glory of God. I'm going to work for you. And the fruit of that, just let the Lord wow you in amazement with what will come from that kind of attitude. So is there a place where you have maybe given into laziness? Well, let's go to the Lord with it. Let's repent. Let's, let's have a better attitude about our work and let's be led of the Lord by it with, with how we work. Okay. So let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us work. Lord, before the fall, you gave it to us. You want us to be doing things with purpose and that have meaning. Nothing is better than working unto you, than doing it in a way that honors your heart. And no matter what it is we're doing today, 
this week, next week, next month. We want to honor you in what we do, Lord. So we just repent of any areas where we're just being lazy and slothful, Lord, that we're not honoring you. Forgive us. We just bring you that area of our lives where we're not being diligent there. We're, we're being more slothful, being more like a sluggard. And we don't want to do that. We want to honor you and give thanks. Our attitude, Lord, our, is the choice we have. We can choose to do our jobs and do our work unto you. And so that's what we're going to do today. We just commit to that today. Whether we're mopping floors or making decisions in a multi-billion dollar company, Lord, whichever, whichever is true, we're going to do it for you because we love you. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.